0: Mentioned Radio begins in 3, 2, one. God gave me a
1: Ferrari because I am a Ferrari. You're a Ferrari too. When God made you, he had all the options put on. You are fully loaded and totally equipped. So do this with me. Where did we ever come up with the style of preaching we have today? There is some entertaining preaching, but not convicting preaching. And the legacy has been
0: tragic. It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Would you like to
1: know the four magic words? Of course you would. This is Wretched Radio. There are four words that are biblically endorsed that have power in two situations. A, when we evangelize, we must be using these biblically ordained words. Two, if we would like to proclaim to an increasingly darkened society, hey, what you're doing is evil, we need to be using these words four words would you like to know what they are jimmy do you know what the four words are absolutely oh boy (laughs) what you know i just it's like i just put a loaded gun in your hand (laughs) just feel free to shoot anywhere you want we'll ask questions later okay what are the four
2: magic words john MacArthur study bible (laughs) that's not it Okay, let me try again. Let me try again. Well, it's not
1: that that wouldn't actually work, <laughs> but those are my four magic words. Okay. You want to try it again? Go serve your king. Oh, that's it. That very, very good words. But before, <laughs> not magical, biblically ordained words that have power because they have God's backing and God's authority are, thus saith the Lord, you want somebody to get saved. You want somebody to be convicted that what they are doing is B.A.D. terrible. We need to bring in an authority that can definitively determine that action is bad. And if we do not return to invoking God's name in our moral arguments with culture, we're going to continue to lose. Christians. Are not ready for the age of adult AI. This was an article at Digital Liturgies by one Samuel James that I just I was rejoicing because he he was he was demonstrating the imperative of returning to biblical language when it comes to denouncing activities that the world currently winks at, and the issue in his mind that he was talking about was digital pornography. It's his contention that within 20 years, there will be no human porn. It'll all be AI generated. And that means we're going to lose some of our arguments. What are some of the accusations that Christians, evangelicals have made, whether it's on cable news or blogging or just discussing it to try to persuade people that porn is really awful? They will say it hurts women. Does it hurt women? Yes. Yes, it does. We should know, however, that the women, at least in the West, at least in America, they do it for the paycheck. That's why why they do it. And they would say, it's not hurting me. We know better. We know that it hurts them. It objectifies them, women and men. The whole thing is just horrible anthropologically. But they would say, well, it doesn't. All right, well, we say that it does. Now, what if this fellow's prediction is correct and that human women aren't needed anymore? Where's our argument? It's gone. It it hurts. Um. Well, it hurts the people who have to design it, and it's still just pixels. What's your problem? And we are out of steam. Second argument that we tend to use as Christians and it is valid. Please, please note, porn is bad for women, men. It's bad for everybody. That's not the point. When it is no longer actual people, that argument is deflated. So also is the argument that it is promoting sex trafficking, because first of all, in the West, most of the people involved in that industry are were not sex trafficked. Now, it could more overseas. Granted. But let's just say in America, that's not the majority of instances. Regardless, we can debate that statistic later. When it becomes AI, then there is no sex trafficking. It's nothing but a computer image. And suddenly we find ourselves going, well, uh, uh, what are we supposed to say? The four magic words. Thus saith the Lord, we have, none of the arguments have been wrong. For instance, the marriage issue. I've heard many people say, hey, it's just not God's best. Well, that's true. (laughs) Kind of bare minimum, but it's more than that. And you could say, well, it it is damaging in that the people who participate in those activities are the, the sexually transmitted diseases. That's true the problem of course is when they come up with medications for these things that that threat is gone what are we left with thus saith the lord why is porn wrong cuz god says so let me take you to this article with appreciation of samuel james he writes this the misconception this misconception of the two aforementioned arguments leaves anti-porn activists unprepared to address either the boom of websites like well apparently there's a website that people can post their own homemade porn that by the way generates five billion dollars these are people doing it voluntarily just to make money so this misconception about these aforementioned arguments uh, arriving at porn's moral illicitness via its harm to the ones who produce it, Christians and other cultural conservatives are going to be hard up for answers as to how AI-generated porn harms anyone. I w- Honestly, our arguments have not gained steam. They really they gain no traction with our culture. Look, these arguments are right. It harms people. And it does involve illegal behavior, whether it's sex trafficking or otherwise. But the world just seems to yawn at that staggeringly. In fact, the feminist would say these women are actually empowered because they're making the decision for themselves and it's their body. Oh, yeah, ay, We know we're right, but it's not winning the day. And I would suggest to you it is because when you're dealing with a darkened mind, they will find any excuse. They will find another poll, another survey, another medical report that says, no, it's not. And off they go to the sin races. We need to be returning to our four biblical words. God says so. He tells us that is evil. It's deforming. It it, it is degrading. That's the message that we need to return to. And that's the point that he ultimately arrives at in this presentation. Anticipating this, conservatives need to recover a distinctly personal case against pornography. It simply won't do to try to elicit post-Christian outrage against porn by emphasizing the possibility of sex trafficking or exploitation. In the era of digitally generated content, The question is not going to be, who is hurt making this? Because the answer is, well, really, no one. Rather, the question will be, how am I hurt by consuming this? And why is this, here it comes, objectively wrong for me to enjoy? The answer, thus saith the Lord. I know why evangelicals have demurred from those four words. Well, You know, the world doesn't believe the Bible. That's precisely why we quote it. The the world thinks that Christians are foolish. And what of it? We know that it's foolish to the world, perhaps. We forgot 1 Corinthians 1, 2, and 3. It is foolishness. We are fools for Christ. And we need to return to invoking an authority that is bigger than a statistic, an observation, an emotional ploy. We need to engage God in this conversation from his article. This will be uncomfortable because it will force Christians to make moral arguments that appear in irredeemably at odds with secular society. That's true. The benefits of emphasizing things like exploitation is that such concepts resonate with non-Christian audiences. There's nothing wrong with seeking this common ground, but the reality is we're not going to have that ground at all very soon. See, I don't, I don't think that's actually made much ground, personally. But look at the look at the explosion. It's, con- it's like the number one online industry. Nevertheless, I agree with him about our argument. The arguments against consuming or licensing pornography that will matter in the age of AI will be moralistic arguments. He takes a Interesting angle at this and the destruction that occurs to hearts and emotions by feasting on a fake version of sex that collapses us inward. This is somebody's child will have to become you are somebody's child. But that still requires that we say because there are going to be people who deny that. No, it's not bad for me. I got a good job. Six figure guy. I'm doing fine. Watch porn on the regs. Well, it's hurting you. Nope, it's not. So what do we need in that instance? I agree with this fellow. It does hurt people. But the only way to persuade them is not with our authority, not with our reasoning or logic, but with thus saith the Lord. Quote, it seems like very likely Christians will have to bring God into the discussion. Amen, sir. When there's no one to exploit, there is still God to offend. When there is no one to be trafficked, there is still God who sees. And when there is no one to stand over your shoulder to intervene or care, there is still a God who saves. Thus saith the Lord. This is Wretched Radio.
2: Hey, thanks for listening to Wretched Radio today. You know, being a part of the Wretched family without even realizing it, you have become an unofficial encourager. When you listen to and you share our posts on social media and YouTube, you're actually encouraging not just us, but the other people that you're in connection with. So you are an unofficial encourager. We want to talk about upgrading that role from encourager to actually a frontline partner. And so I'm inviting you to become an ongoing monthly gospel partner. Think about it. Imagine with your support, Support, we could reach not just millions, but gazillions. All right, maybe not gazillions, but a lot of souls all over the world with the life-changing gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. If you are not in place in your life right now where you can do that, understand that we are still so appreciative of all of your encouragement. Wretched.org slash donate. That's where you'll find all of the answers to all of the questions that you possibly would ever have about becoming an ongoing monthly gospel partner. Wretched. Amazing grace. Amazing gospel.
1: Might I, first of all, thank you for the hundreds of wretches who supported Master's Academy International last year. And if you are now perhaps intrigued by what they do at Master's Academy International, would encourage you to check them out. Yes, we're doing a Bible distribution program with them, but they're training pastors around the globe. Seminary trained students at the Master's Seminary return to their native land. And they get plugged into a Master's Academy International mini seminary outlet where they teach indigenous pastors how to rightly divide the word of truth. It's brilliant. And these indigenous pastors trained at the master Seminary train indigenous pastors. Brilliant. It is a wonderful ministry and you could be supporting a pastor you could be supporting a seminary overseas and you'll be strengthening the local church you can do that at wretched.org slash pastor wretched.org slash pastor
2: well in a world that is undeniably cluttered with quick fixes and superficial solutions now comes a journey into the heart of real change i'm talking about transformed season three it's finally here and we're inviting you into the lives of individuals that are facing the giants of fear and guilt and grief but hey There's a twist. These aren't your typical battles. These battles have been fought with the sword of the spirit and the shield of faith. You'll witness loneliness and overeating and relational tension met with grace, truth, and love that can only come from the one who knows us the best. This season's not just about watching others. It's about seeing yourself and your struggles and the path to true transformation through biblical counseling. We'll together dive deep into the heart of what it means to be transformed. Transformed Season 3 can be found right now at wretched.org transformed3.
0: Books of the Bible. Romans was written by the Apostle Paul to the church in Rome. It is a thorough, systematic presentation of the gospel. The two major themes are sin and righteousness. Sinners are counted righteous by imputation of Christ's righteousness. If you wish to understand the gospel, the clearest, most thorough explanation is in the book of Romans. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel.
1: For more words, this is Wretched Radio. Not those four, but here are the new four words. Jimmy has something say <laughs> a little hyphen right there say that four. i did the math right there on the spot all right what
2: well i i was just i was just uh talking in the break that um i, I think that ai generated porn is still going to hurt other people and not just ourselves in what regard uh, it's still going to impact and damage marriages. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, there's still going to be unrealistic expectations from those that watch it that they'll take back into their marriages. Agreed. And then think about the depravity and the increase in depravity. If you can even say there will be an increase in depravity. Oh,
1: what they're going to be able to create.
2: Oh, the types of porn that they'll be able to create. That's yeah. going to just be ridiculous. All
1: right. So here, I'm going to I'm gonna play the role of the pagan. Ooh, I'm going to play the role of the pagan. No, it doesn't destroy every marriage. And we've got sociological data that suggests that it actually helps many marriages.
2: Hmm. Thus saith the Lord.
1: See, I, I look, I agree with you. It will continue to hurt people. Whether they agree or not, it does, because that's what sin always accomplishes. It hurts people. It it robs God of glory from an obedient child who is swimming in a slew of sin. I, I, I agree. But even with that, Jimmy, so you can you can make the marriage argument. And I agree with you. It is valid, but they're going to reject it. They're oh. simply going to bring to the party a, an expert. Oh, we talked to Dr. Schwarzenstein. They were interviewed on CNN who said it's just the opposite. And apparently there was a peer reviewed study out of Oxford and we are just left going, oh, well, no. Uh, so we can bring those arguments, That's, but they always need to be, thus saith the Lord. So if we want to say it's bad for marriage, let me tell you why. This is what the institution is. God created it for this. And any time there is a manifestation of that institution that is not in alignment with what God says, it's going to be bad for people, it's going to be bad for kids because God says so. When you are living in willful rebellion against God and you are immersing yourself in that filth, you you are going to become so deformed and corrupted, you aren't even going to know it because God says so. I just think these arguments, I I don't think any of these arguments really should go away. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Besides, what makes sex trafficking bad?
2: The the Lord. See,
1: and this is something that I think we've just gotten away from for years now. Because we don't want to seem like, well, that's going to make me look like a Bible-thumping wingnut. Exactly. Isn't that what we are? What do we have without the Bible? What authority do we possibly have? We're just another chirping voice on the Internet. I don't care how many subs you have. You've got no authority. I don't care how many degrees you have. You have no authority. The, 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 the psychiatry, for this reason alone, it's just always mystifying to me that people buy into it. Who Who's the authority in all of this? And the answer basically is, well, I am the psychiatrist because I've studied these issues. And who came up with those ideas that you've digested and probably tweaked a little bit to your own level of comfort? Who, who says that the... Ah, that dream represented this. Ah, when you were acting like this toward that person, that was really you and you were just projecting it. That's the word, projecting it onto another person. How do you know that? How do you know that? Who's the the authority that has determined conclusively once and for all? That's the way it is. And the answer is nobody. Or as Queen Elizabeth said in The Crown, my favorite movie line perhaps ever. Nobody. Let me explain that. Like Jimmy, did I ever tell you this? You you didn't watch The Crown, did you? No, I did not. See, I'm a good husband. I watched The Crown, <laughs> the series. Uh, there was a fair amount of it that we had to, uh, I mean, there wasn't a ton of it, but it was definitely, you had to keep your finger on the trigger. And Prince Charles had gone up to Wales, delivered a speech in Welch that wasn't in alignment with Buckingham Palace's desire for, for his speech. Queen Mum finds out about it. Charles enters into the palace. I believe it was Buckingham. And he has to have the servant, the guard, go ask the queen if she will see her son. Oof. If that's accurate. Oof. He enters into her massive bedchambers to explain, Mommy, I just have so much that I want to say. Nobody wants to hear it. Nobody meaning the family or nobody meaning the nation? Nobody. Oh, brutal. And who wants to hear us? Who who are we? We're, We're nothing. We got nothing except God's word. That is the hammer. That is the sword. That is the tool that the Holy Spirit uses to convict the world of sin, righteousness, and justice. We have got to return to quoting the Bible. And I know what you're going to hear. They're just going to bat it away. Excuse me, I thought his word never returned void. It's going to accomplish exactly what he desires for it to accomplish. And we need to start wielding the sword. And we need to start banging the hammer. We need to be quoting the Bible. We need to be engaging people when we have these conversations that are out in restaurants or in public. We need to be saying, let me just tell you, I'll I'll just put my cards on the table and and you can decide to walk away if you choose. But everything that I'm going to try to say to you is based on God's word, because otherwise you have absolutely no reason to listen to me. I'm a guy with an opinion, but I'm going to quote to you the Holy Bible. You do with that as you see fit, and you're going to hear it. Well, I don't think that that is true. I know. I'm just telling you what it says. Do that in evangelism too, by the way. We have a tendency to sometimes tiptoe around the gospel and never get there because, well, then they're going to know that's from the Bible. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. And they're going to say, well, you know, I, I, I just don't believe that's true. I know you don't. I'm just telling you what it says because you have a supernatural arsenal unleash it here's the here's the code quote the bible there's your arsenal quote code quote the bible let the lion out of the cage and let the lion defend himself otherwise i got to tell you we're just good we don't even realize how depraved it is going to become at this point we we think we've got an idea i'm just telling you we can be a whole lot worse we we could be we could be Rome. We, we could be one of those, what we would call a primitive society, as if those people were dumb. They certainly weren't, but they were definitely depraved. And it was until the Bible came along and said, thus saith the Lord, that people stopped some of those public atrocities. Sure, sin happens everywhere. None of us are that naive. But it was the Bible and God's word being applied to Western civilization that flipped everything upside. Everything. Marriage got turned up. Attitude toward children got turned Work, fairness, commerce, how we treat the weak and the infirm, all of it changed with the Bible being applied. And I think we've given up on it. And I think we need to return because if we don't, you can't even imagine what AI porn is. going. You shouldn't even try to imagine what AI porn is going to look like. It will be individuals sitting in their basements with their depraved and darkened minds who are given license and the tools to create stuff you don't even want to start to ponder. And they're going to ma- there it is. And somebody's going to want to consume it. And they're going to make money. If you had said to civilization, Western civilization 70 years ago, there's going to be a time when people willingly make home pornography and then they put it up on a website. You'd have to explain what that is for the entire world to see so that they can make a little bit of money. Husbands and wives, boyfriends, girl, for whatever the configuration is. And it generates $5 billion, which is actually an enormous amount today. 70 years ago, it would have been almost unimaginable. It would have just been like our federal budget <laughs> deficit. We, How much do we, 17 trillion, whatever that is, it would have been considered insane. No, they will not do that. Are you out of your mind? No, I'm telling you, they're going to. And we, right now, if we have learned anything from history, know that the slippery slope does not stop sliding. It's going to get worse. What is the light? What is salt? How did Jesus change things? Nobody quoted the Bible more than Jesus. Nobody made more Old Testament allusions to to the word of God than Jesus Christ himself. Let's be confident in that. It's funny. It's funny. We see some people who don't believe in the power of the Holy Spirit very much, and we go, oh, well, you... You 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 don't you don't think that that the Holy Spirit is working and active? But I would ask you: Are we maybe con- committing the exact same fallacy when we think that we have to come up with persuasive, logical, rational reasons why people shouldn't behave, as opposed to quoting the Word of God? Is it possible? It's because we don't believe that the Holy Spirit can actually use it and flip society's light on again. This is Wretched Radio.
2: And it's now time for a Wretched News Break here on Wretched Radio. I'm Jimmy Hicks. Well, this one hits kind of home for me. In the state of Tennessee, a peculiar bill has been introduced by Republicans to ban the sale of cold beer in stores. Why? Well, it's a measure to combat drunk driving. Yes, you heard that right. Warm beer is now the proposed solution to prevent intoxicated individuals from drinking and driving. And there's a lot of questions about the practical effectiveness. As someone from the state of Tennessee, let me tell you about the practical effectiveness of this. It is not going to have the desired effect. Now, to someone sitting in a legislative chamber in a big city, maybe it makes a little bit of sense. But to some backwoods country boys hanging out by the river, they could care less if it's cold or hot. Switching gears to a high school basketball game in Massachusetts, it ended prematurely due to multiple injuries caused by a six-foot-tall player with facial hair. The absurdity of the situation just highlights the ongoing debate around fairness and safety in women's sports, especially when you're talking about these questionable players. In West Virginia, a curious story has unfolded as legislators are debating a bill that could remove protections for librarians from criminal prosecution in cases involving obscene materials that are accessible to minors. The proposed legislation aims to hold individuals accountable for sharing inappropriate content with children and emphasizing the importance of safeguarding young audience from harmful influences. Amen to that. Well, France has taken a drastic step towards public health protection with laws that are targeting those who discourage the jab and other medical treatments. The legislation says that it's aimed at combating potential misinformation. So you're going to make it a crime and against the law for someone to just give their opinion. Misinformation or not, opinions are considered free speech and they're able to be shared. I don't actually know how that works in France, but here in America, that would be absurd. In France, not quite sure. But that has been today's Wretched News Break. More Wretched Radio is straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hick.
0: The fruit of the Spirit is evidence that God is working in us. Every believer will evidence this fruit. But it is important to remember that bearing fruit is a consequence of salvation, not a requirement for salvation. God is working in us and through us, and He is a source of this fruit, not us. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel.
2: Church news about your
1: pastor. Pastor. And
0: this is Wretched Radio.
1: Jimmy, do you know how much money your pastor makes? I do not. That's a good thing, but I can tell you that it's probably not enough.
2: I'm probably not, no. At least right.
1: if this particular article from mychristiandaily.com is correct, according to U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics, the median annual wage for a full-time pastor is below the average salary by about $5,000. That's Now, that's average. Apparently, they don't have the records for, like, Ken Copeland and Creflo Dollar. That would skew the numbers a lot. But taking those outliers off of the charts for a moment, pastors are making less. And probably an expectation for a lot of pastors is that wife stays home and wife takes care of the kids. And probably wife is involved in pretty much every activity at the church. That's a one-income family living on less than what the average American makes. The average American makes $59,488. The average pastor makes $55,550. What is that? Not not quite 10% less. But that's probably going to be a single income. And maybe just maybe without... Digging deeply into the file cabinet at your church to discover your pastor's W-2. Maybe we should take the time to simply ask our elders, or if you are an elder, how are we doing in making sure that this man doesn't have that on his back? Because that is a thing, isn't it? When money is tight, that's probably... I don't know if it's still the number one reason why people get divorced, but money is a huge one. And by the way, I read another article. Now, this is, I've got I'm sure I've got more in this stack. I've got a couple of articles about money when it comes to couples getting married. The trend these days is that we don't share bank accounts. In other words, it's yours, mine, but not ours. They keep separate accounts, they do file separate taxes, they do everything separately because apparently they're afraid to join it together. And the article, let me see if I've got it. The article that I was just reading, it basically said, hey, look, you just said, I do. I think it was in USA Today. You just said, I do. You can trust the person with that. Why can't you trust the person with finances? And I would suggest to you it is because trusting with finances for some people is actually deeper than the concept of commitment to an individual when we say, I do. They don't know what that means. Money is a tangible manifestation of the idea that it is no longer mine and yours. It is ours. We are not an I team. We're a we team. And and I don't think most people understand that when they say I do. And so they don't join bank accounts. Now, one of these articles, perhaps I'll find it in a moment. It's basically saying that people who share bank accounts have a higher success rate in marriage. Now, the question, of course, is what causes that success? Is it that they join money together? I don't think that's the reason. I think it's because they actually trust one another. So I would actually make the rule. This this stark, this declarative, if you're dating somebody, you're thinking about getting married, but you are not willing to have joint bank accounts, you ain't ready. You're just, you just don't know what you're getting into. Because if you're not willing to share that, I've got to tell you something. There are 75 million things that are going to agitate you, that are going to drive you bonkers, that you need to be able to say, this is the person to whom I said I do. I am overlooking this. I'm going to learn how to grow in my response to that. But if your heart is not ready for a one flesh union, I I just don't think you're ready to go. Or maybe you've got the wrong person. If you don't trust that individual, then maybe you just don't have the right person. All right, here it is. Are joint bank accounts the secret to a happy marriage? Couples with merged accounts felt like their relationships were better compared with couples with separate accounts. The relationship quality and satisfaction score with joint accounts increased by about 6% over the survey's two-year period. Scores from the group assigned separate accounts and the group or couples were left to their own devices, both declined by about 8 and 13%. Now, I don't think it's because you have a... That somehow there's some sort of magical power in having joint accounts. It's a mindset. It's an understanding what marriage is. You, singular, are done. You're just... You're done. And if you're not ready for that, that means you've got some maturing to do. It means... I can't tell you how many guys, myself included, that entered into marriage. Uh, I, I'll just this is this is, uh, I, I this is just uh, believe me, not a proud moment. Um, entering into my marriage, um, I was I was an unregenerate idiot who really believed she was really getting the better end of this deal. I wasn't ready for marriage. By God's grace. He saved us. That just turned everything around. And then suddenly my eyes were open and it's like, (laughs) I I hope she doesn't ship me off to an island because I got the way better end of the deal on this. If you don't feel that way, I I just don't think you're ready. Now, you might say, well, knucklehead, you did it and it worked out. Well, yeah, but that doesn't justify doing something dumb. It doesn't justify overlooking the importance of understanding that marriage is about Uh, everybody else but myself, with your wife, with your kids, get ready for this, with the in-laws, you marry into that tribe, you're just done. And if you're not prepared to do that, and if the bank account, the joint bank account issue causes you to go, ah, I don't know that. I've got more money than she does. You're not ready. You're not, you're just not ready. I will say this. And god 's grace that was that was not an issue for us at the beginning I, I never I just never thought that way it's like, well, of course we put all the money. I mean why would we have to accommodate so that but that was just because I was just a knucklehead oh it wasn't because I understood so now if you're younger, you have the chance to understand that and you say, well okay, i'm not ready then what do I do? Work on it, understand it, comprehend it, and consider it. Boy, in our in our Western civilization, how everything has got to just be about me and that there's nothing that's bigger than self was thinking about the issue of apparently it's a diminishing act where the dad walks the daughter down the aisle. I don't want. Hey, I'm not somebody's slave. Well, what what did that represent? Was it that dad owned the daughter? No, it's that she was a part of something. Dad was the leader of that something. And it's now like a transference. And a, this relationship, as it was known, is now done. And you are handing off that precious package to a man you trust to take care of the one that you love so deeply. That meant it, it's a bigger act than self. It means you're a part of something. It means that family has meaning. It means that you participate in something that pretty much everybody else does in culture. Eh, gotta be me. Gotta do my own thing. And if that's your mindset and if you've been infiltrated with that ideology that says it is all about you start working on it and by the way, do I have any biblical support for this Yes Philippians 2 and twice in Romans 12 you esteem others as better than yourself and let me tell you that should be whether you're single or married that needs to be our mindset but if you're single and you don't have that mindset then you're not ready do somebody a favor and don't move forward until you want to have joint bank accounts. Here's the information on your pastor. Benefit packages are often much less for pastors when compared with other industries. The average pastor is almost 60 years old. Ooh. So somebody at 60 who's making about 10% less than the average, um, look, I get it, it's ministry, but hey, remember the ox and the eating? They, they should be compensated. And if they're not and if they've got to struggle over this stuff or they've got their future hanging over their head with health care or they, I can't afford a nursing home. My kids live in a different place. I, I, what am I going? You don't want your pastor consumed with that stuff. Believe me, you, it's a good investment. Paying your, paying your pastor so he doesn't have to worry. I didn't say so that he can buy a yacht. Just so that he doesn't have to worry. It'll benefit you. The demands on the family are entirely different than most other jobs. Level of stress, unique, because he's caring about you. And the bag of problems that we all bring into the pastor's office weigh on this man. The education requirements tend to be higher. You're always on call, every hour, every day. Pastors' meals get interrupted, their family, I can't go to the baseball game. Somebody's in the emergency room, I gotta go. That's a sacrifice. And we don't want these guys burdened down by having to worry about what day they get a discount at Subway. We we, we want them to be focusing on this. The expectations of the pastor are greater. Everybody wants them to be an expert in everything. If that's what you want, here's the bottom line. The bottom line. Take care of the man. This is Wretched Radio. Record number of children are attending the Tomorrow Clubs in Africa. You should see the videos. Hundreds of kids run to meet at a Tomorrow Club in Africa. Why? Because Tomorrow Clubs, they're weekly kids meeting clubs where the kids, yep, they get some treats. But they get the gospel, they get the Bible, they get Bible memorization. Remember, we used to force our kids to do that, but now that we're oppressors, we don't wanna be toxic and make our kids memorize Bible verses when it's about a gazillion times easier than when you get old. And they worship the Lord, they pray together, and they get loved on. Tomorrow clubs, I'm telling you, record breaking. The images are so encouraging, so cool, and I would encourage you to consider being a Tomorrow Club partner. $1 per child per month encourage you to please consider supporting the great ministry, tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched, tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched.
2: Are you ready to go on an adventure that tackles life's biggest questions head on? Well, we invite you to join John Favarez and Jake Ream on a riveting journey in Road Trip to Truth season four. This season, they're hitting the road to explore deep questions about sin, atheism, racism, and the very nature of truth Itself Through candid conversations with university students and wisdom from experts, this season delivers some unwavering answers from a biblical perspective. Whether it's understanding the realities of heaven and hell, navigating the complexities of marriage, or uncovering the truths about money and forgiveness, Road Trip to Truth Season 4 will be your guide. It's perfect for youth groups, families, or anyone who seeks to defend their faith with confidence. Road Trip to Truth has been more than a series. It's a tool for sparking meaningful discussions, and inspiring a commitment to the gospel. So if you're ready to head out on a road trip, buckle up for the truth. Road Truth season four, available now at wretched.org slash four.
1: Who will speak for those who are staggering to the slaughter? Seems like right now would be a good time to encourage you to support Freeborn Ministries. They're in it. It's a little complex out there with the internet and ordering pills. They're in the game. They're working hard to save babies and save mommies and daddies with the gospel. So if you are energized about life, that's something you can do. You can support Preborn. They provide free ultrasounds, despite the accusations of all pro-life clinics. They are holistic. They do care about the mommy too. And they care for the family and they provide training. And it is literally a way that if you have the means, you can be saving a life. Amazing ministry. Preborn.org slash wretched. Preborn.org
0: slash wretched. Names of God. One name the Bible gives to God is the Greek word despotes, which means absolute ruler. Despotes is related to the English word despot. As absolute ruler, God has ownership rights over all mankind. Yet our Master and Lord Jesus Christ became a man, suffered and died on the cross for his people. The absolute ruler is also our example of ultimate humility. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel.
2: What are you playing? Do you mind? Uh, obviously not.
1: I am trying to go to church here. <laughs> That's what that is?
2: Well, feel if-, this way. if it's the church of... Oh, I feel this way.
1: Canterbury in England <laughs> that just threw a... I feel- rave in the cave party featuring a 90s rave music because that's as contemporary and cool and hip as the church can be. This is wretched radio. That's right, at the Canterbury Cathedral. The Canterbury Cathedral. This this that's the church that is like the centerpiece of Anglicanism, which still I think they still have triple digits for as far as members in the Anglican communion. They decided, let's open up the doors, invite in the pagans, and we're going to show them just how hip and relevant we are. I got to tell you, I'm starting to feel like Jesus gets us (laughs) listening to the rave and the cave music going on there. How tragic is this? 750 people geared up to spend the night dancing to classic 1990s tracks including Venga Boys and All Saints. Well, that's almost Christian, right? At the sold-out event, church leaders say they need to reach out to younger people. Well, this ought to do it. Playing 90s music? Hey, I've never considered what a depraved sinner in need of a savior I am, but suddenly, I get it. I want to go to church now. Oh, wait. The leaders of the Anglican church said more. And they need ways of raising large sums (laughs) to keep the place going. That's it. Well, that's probably getting warmer right there. About 15 protesters could be seen under umbrellas singing hymns. Well, I say good on them. A doctor, somebody, Skorunum, argues no other religion would consider using a sacred building in this way. You're right. uh, Because it's Christianity that has allowed pragmatism to come crashing through the front doors. And we will do whatever it takes to keep the doors open. It is not about fidelity to God and to scripture. No, it is about doing whatever is needed just so that we can keep this building standing. I mean, wouldn't it be a tragedy if the cathedral in Canterbury just was turned into, I don't know, like a disco or something? Hey, that'd be kind of ironic. we'll just do it ourselves. More from this particular article. This is at the Daily Mail. Discos and parties are things absolutely great, but only in their proper place. It's all well and good in a nightclub, but Canterbury Cathedral was not built for this, said Dr. Skromsky. It's not going to make younger people take the church more seriously. No, it's going to... Could we have made ourselves any more irrelevant than this? I'm thinking about those videos. We posted it last week where they're kicking the Bible as a football. We wonder why people don't take us seriously? That this religion it's that frothy? Seriously? No other religion would do this. And it's not effective evangelism. Furthermore, it indicates that the people who are responsible for these things, honestly, they are so unqualified, it is staggering. They are so unaware of what God is all about what his word is and what the assembling of the saints is supposed to be I'm telling you, we, we need to get pastor LinkedIn to get these people, some other jobs where, where they can go contribute to society and stop besmirching the word of God. Jimmy, would you be kind enough to do me a favor? Sure. After the broadcast, let's meet because I've got this idea for this talk show going forward to show how hip and relevant we are. Uh-huh. You and I are going to wrap everything. Oh, we're going to wrap. Oh, baby. The ratings are going to go right through the roof. I've been waiting for this. Speaking of the Anglican church and misguided jobs, how's about the Bishop for the environment? That's right. There's a Bishop for the environment. Jimmy, <laughs> you know what verse that is, don't you? The Bishop for the Environment job, he wants to let graveyards grow wild. And you say, What is what is that? What does it have to do with anything? Well, it doesn't have to do with anything all that biblical or with glorifying the Lord. Instead, it's a green issue. Furthermore, it's a really low anthropological issue. The Bishop of the Environment he says that we need to strike a balance between being tidy in a graveyard. While having areas that are allowed nature and wildlife to thrive. So we, we got to let them go a little wild too. Why do we tend graveyards? Oh, yeah. It shows respect and honor to the people who are buried. Oh, that's what those old idiots used to think about. Oh, well, see, they don't understand global warming because that's exactly what this dude is up to. Quote We want to play our part in restoring the biodiversity. That has tragically been lost, and you're going to get that job done by letting the weeds and the trees grow in a graveyard. That you're going to you're going to fix the biodiversity. What? The bishop for the environment, and that's what I was going to say.
2: That's a lofty title, and you shouldn't question him. I'll
1: bet he makes more than the average <laughs> pastor in America. I'm telling you that much. <laughs> the church's land and nature motion aims to give biodiversity equal consideration with net zero carbon. As an urgent response to the ecological crisis. Okay, you might be agitated more by the the green thumb element of this. This is another anthropological issue. We just don't remember what human beings are. This is... Why do we treat human beings... Okay, here's what's next. Human bodies, throw them in the dumpster. Oh, wait, they do that at abortion clinics. My point is... Where are we going with this? How low can we view human beings? We tended to these gardens so that they were beautiful and they spoke respect and honor toward those who came before us. Because we used to believe that people were made in the image of God. Jimmy, I got a church story for you. Okay. But I'm not sure you're going to be able to make the connection. Okay. NASA. They have sent their telescopes into outer space, and they've identified what they're calling the Christmas tree galaxy cluster because if you look at it, it's sort of kind of shaped like a Christmas tree. Okay. Would you like to know what that has to do with a church or a pastor?
2: Christmas? Nope. What? It
1: means Louis Giglio knows what he's going to preach on this Sunday. <laughs> Wouldn't it be great if the Christmas tree had laminin in it? That would be amazing hey this is not a good statistic pandemic made pastoring harder led to widespread resignations jimmy you're not going to guess how many pastors quit during the pandemic per month you want do you want to come to guess per month per month 100 1500 1500 1500 wow I, this this may or may not be helpful for you pastor it 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 actually might be helpful for us he, the pastors feeling new pressures and wow there's even more coming right now i'm just tell- i have been thinking about the issue of adiaphora really hard cuz typically when you consider christian liberty issues uh, okay jimmy christian liberty issues disputable dispensations mm-hmm. can you list a couple of those issues that have historically been considered a gray area homeschooling okay homeschooling yeah dancing yeah smoking drinking yeah. going to movies okay what about using somebody's preferred pronoun we haven't we haven't really thought that one through have we and, and the whole unbiblical wedding attendance we haven't thought it through so I'm thinking it through really really hard and if you'd like to join me in that endeavor we'll, we'll be talking about this more but it's available now I dug up a resource that we did to, Eight years ago, called Christian Liberty. It deals with Romans 14, disputable dispensations, and how to categorize them and respond to one another when we have disagreements on issues. And we're giving it away. It's a resource we made seven, eight years ago. the The quality of the video it ain't great, but I think the con- There's like 21 chapters. We go through Romans 14, which we're going to do next week. We, we go through First Corinthians 8 through 10. And we try to work through this issue to understand it. But even as I watch it, it's like, whoa, this stuff is all new. How do that? Okay, what about that? And going to a funeral of somebody? We, we got to sort these things. So if you'd like to avail yourself of that resource, it's totally free. We're just giving it away. You can go to retcha.org liberty, retcha.org liberty. And we'll be talking about this in the weeks to come. Now, not because I am the authority on all things Adi but we we gotta get sort, we gotta get going. We got a whole new bag of issues. And your pastor is being confronted by them. And he's scratching his head a lot, and he's feeling a lot of pressure. And the the pandemic was just one of those issues. Remember, please, your pastor isn't a doctor. He's not an immunologist. Is there gonna be another pandemic? Have you checked the calendar? Is there going to be another election this fall? Just work through the church issues. But just remember, he's a theologian and not a medical professional. And as we are going about these business, the business of trying to figure out these brave new world issues, oh, please, please, please be patient with the man. Don't put more pressure on him. They are retiring, quitting, getting out of the business. 1500 per month? That ought not to be. And until tomorrow, go serve your king.